0: Tonight, Revelation chapter number 1, we'll begin reading in verse number 7. Revelation 1, verse number 7, the Bible says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty, I, John, Who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying I am Alpha and Omega the first and the last and what thou seest write in a book. And send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were like, were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet likened to fine brass and if, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. When I saw him... I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive for forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the seven churches. And we finish our reading there. And tonight's message is titled this, The Seven Candlesticks and One Likened to the Son of Man. The seven candlesticks and one likened to... The son of man. We're here in the book of Revelation. We understand the word revelation, the word apocalypse are the same word. And it literally means a revelation, a revealing, the unveiling of. And the revelation that we're going to study in the book of Revelation is one revelation. The revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will see Christ and his finished work. And the prophecy of the work of Christ that's yet to be finished. As he Sets up his eternal kingdom. I look forward to it. And we're going to see Jesus in all of his glory. When we come to this passage of scripture, we come to our text tonight, verses 9 through 20. And we're going to see John and we're going to see Jesus. And then we're going to see the assignment that God gives to John in writing uh, the vision uh, we're going to actually see in this part of chapter number one the revelation of Jesus. We're going to see Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, and his description as revealed to John. And we'll just begin reading here. We're going to look tonight's message the seven candlesticks and one like unto the Son of Man. As we pick up in verse number nine, the Bible says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Christ. Now, we meet up with John, and if you look at the title of the book of Revelation, it's titled The Revelation of Saint John the Divine. It is a record of the revelation of Jesus, but it is written as led by the Spirit of God by John the Apostle. Now, John the Apostle was the one, do you remember the Apostle that laid On Jesus' breast. you remember John the Apostle? We study and see him and we read uh, of him. And John the Apostle. Now John at this moment in history. When he's writing the book of Revelation. He is the only of the apostles that, that is left. He is to my understanding the only apostle. That does not end up dying a martyr's death. Some 60 years ago in John's life. John the last time he saw Jesus the Christ. He watched Jesus ascend into heaven. He's not seen him since. Over the course of those 60 years, all of his apostle comrades, their faith has become sight. But John, he introduced himself and he reminds us all and reminds the churches that he's going to write to and reminds the church that that we are here today. He reminds us who he is. He says, I'm John, who also am your brother. I like that. I love the word brother. You like that old, I love that old song. You'll notice we say brother and sister around here. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And uh, (laughs) it makes it sweet to know that I have a family, God's family. And John says, hey, I'm your brother. Oh, we have a kindred spirit and we have Jesus as our Savior. May God remind us when we're dealing with other Christian people that that's family, that we're washed in the same blood and that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. May we treat each other the way we ought. John says, I'm your brother. He says, I'm your brother. Not only am I your brother, but, and you can almost hear in the elder gentleman's voice who's been through a lot over the course of the last 60 years, you'd almost hear him say, uh, and companion in tribulation. I'll just tell you something, John had seen lots of tribulation. As a matter of fact, here in just a moment, as he continues, I don't want to jump ahead because I'll miss something. Uh, companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. He's talking about the life that he's lived as a servant of the Lord. It was not easy. It wasn't easy. The last 60 years since Jesus ascended into heaven, John has faithfully served God, but it's not been easy. I can testify to you something really sweet, though. Whatever day it was that John breathed his last breath of earthly air in this sin-cursed world, the next breath he took was celestial in the presence of Jesus, and he'll always be with Jesus. Hallelujah. And all the suffering of the present time that he lived was worth it for the glory of God and the glory of all of eternity. It's sweet. But also when you hear and read from John, he calls himself brother. You you hear him say companion in tribulation in the kingdom and patience of Jesus. You hear him. But when you hear from John, don't you ever hear a complaining spirit. Because I'm going to tell you something. For all the grief that John experienced, he found God's grace was sufficient. And God's joy was enough and God's peace was perfect. John is a man who suffered with struggles and difficulties. The Bible says of John in verse number nine, I, John, and he gives us this description. He speaks of the patience of Jesus Christ. He says this, I, John, was in the isle that is called Patmos. I'm not going to be very elementary, but he was on an island called Patmos. Uh, this was an island where uh, prisoners were held. He was on the isle called Patmos, and the Bible says the next word is four. And he's going to tell us why he is in exile to the Isle of Patmos. He says, I'm on the Isle of Patmos for the Word of God. He wasn't there uh, in order that he could grow and know more about the Word of God. He was there because of the Word of God, because of what he'd, the stand he'd taken for the Word of God. He says, for the Word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm in the Isle of Patmos. Now, when we look at John, we're looking at somebody who has lived the Christian life and is continuing to live the Christian life, but he's not living the Christian life in a bed of ease. Now, look, don't get the idea that somehow, when you say yes to Jesus, everything in life is going to be all honey and no bees. That's a lie from the pits of hell. But let me tell you something, as you serve the Lord, the troubles in life are going to make you more like him. They will, as God, as you bear grief and you bear trouble in the spirit of Jesus Christ, you'll find out that it is the troubles that make you more like him, that make you more usable, that make you more sweet, that make you... More confident that God is all He says He is. You see, the troubles of life are the things that help us anchor our souls in the fact that God who is able to get me through the trouble of life is also the God who is going to be able to secure me for all of eternity. And in the midst of your troubles, you thank God and you look for God and you'll find Him faithful and you'll be reminded as God proves Himself faithful on earth that He is also capable And willing and able and ready and prepared to help you and secure you for all of eternity. You see, without the troubles of life, we'd never know our need of a Savior. Without the troubles of life, we'd never know the faithfulness of our Savior. Without the troubles of life, we could not possibly anticipate the faithfulness of God and the glories of eternity in heaven He's prepared for us as people. And John's not complaining, but he says, look, I'm here because of my service to the Lord. I'm a prisoner on the Isle of Patmos. Look at the Bible says, verse 10 He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, this is fun to me. This is a reminder to me. What was John doing because things hadn't been going his way? I don't really know how long John had been on the Isle of Patmos. I don't know how long he'd been a prisoner. I don't know those details. And there may be folks who've somehow figured that out. But I don't know. But what I love to see about old John is Sunday came along. And things aren't going great. He says, hey, we're brothers. He says, hey, we are a companions in tribulation and suffering. I'm a exile, a prisoner in Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ in my life. He says, and guess what I did on Sunday? He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. <laughs> the Lord's day in the New Testament, uh, after the resurrection of Christ, quickly became... Sunday, the first day of the week, and honor the resurrection of the Lord. That's one of the reasons why we meet on Sunday. We give God the first fruits of our week. We honor the resurrection every Sunday. And on the Lord's Day, guess what John was doing? Things weren't going great. But John said, I'm going to worship Jesus on the Lord's Day. The Bible says that John on the Lord's Day was in the spirit. It sets the tone for what he's getting ready to see. He's going to let us know this is not something that I dreamed up in my own flesh. He sets the spirit and the tone for the for the the fact that God is speaking and God is moving and God is showing him what needs to be seen. And John, we see in verses nine and the first part of number of verse number ten, we meet up with John. You know the sweet thing about John and John's writing. John has the right perspective because I'll just have you know something. As soon as John shows up in chapter number one, John goes away and steps aside and says, let me tell you about Jesus. And then we begin to see the person of Christ. Number one, John, verses nine through 10a. Number two, Jesus. We pick up in 10b, and the Bible says in verse number 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Now, here's what happened. John says, it's Sunday. He says, I'm in the Spirit. The Lord's working in my heart and encouraging me and helping me. By the way, in the Spirit. That doesn't mean he's convulsing in the floor. That doesn't mean he's jabbering in some tongue. That means he is keenly aware that God is present. And God is, going to, is working. And God is making himself real. And he's in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And the Bible says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Lord's day, here's what happened. I heard behind me. I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Now, does the Bible say it was a trumpet? No. The Bible says it was as of a trumpet. And what we're doing is as we see the descriptions that are all through the book of Revelation. Remember, it's signs. It's, it's, it's pictures. And God gives visions because how in the world can we possibly put into words the things that God has designed? And so God is signing these things, and John hears a voice, and it's like the sound of a trumpet. When he hears the voice of God, it's brassy and strong, and it's a call to do something, to action, a trumpet. He says, I hear the voice of a trumpet. Verse number 11, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book. Now, what, is the Lord, what happens? That voice, what's the voice say? The voice says, I'm Alpha and Omega. Just so you know, when we hear these, these, see these two words, Alpha and Omega, that literally means it's normally combined with Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek al- alphabet. Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And if you were to say this in English, Jesus speaks up and he says, I am A and I am Z. I am the beginning and I am the end. He says, I'm what? I'm at the start, I'm at the end, and I am everything. God is all in all. Don't forget it. Jesus speaks up and says, I'm Alpha, verse number 11, and Omega, the first and the last. And the Bible says, and what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna. By the way, Asia most likely was not in modern-day Asia, Uh, for what it's worth. Asia was uh, not exactly right there. Uh, But the Bible says, we're sending these to the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. He says, I want you to send these, uh, what you hear from me and what you see, I want you to send a letter, write it down, what you see, write it down, and send it to the churches. The Bible says in verse 12, John says, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. How many of you maybe you have not read this in a long time and you thought about John hearing a voice that sounded like a trumpet? How many of you imagine in your mind's eye that what you'd turn around and see was seven golden candlesticks? I'm just going to tell you something, that's not what I guessed. I heard something like the voice of the sound of a trumpet. I was, I was thinking I'd see something different. But he turned around and he sees seven golden candlesticks. Now look what the Bible says in verse number 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden Girdle, And so he turns around, he sees seven golden candlesticks, and he sees in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like to the Son of Man. Now, I reminded you of something a little while ago. Sixty years ago, uh, John saw Jesus ascend into heaven at his ascension. For several years, John was a disciple of Christ, and he knew what Jesus in body looked like. You know something fascinating? Dig through your Bible and see if you can find a physical description of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Actually, don't dig, I'll save you some time. It's not there. It's not there. I don't know if the figure of Christ was something that was indescribable or what, but when we see Jesus, and when I should say, when John sees one like unto the Son of Man, he sees one that looks like Jesus. He's, he begins to describe, he says, he looks one that looks like, I mean, he, not exactly, but can, you can be sure certain of one thing. When Jesus shows himself in this vision to John, he don't look exactly like he used to, do, used to be God in the flesh. He is God of all gods. By the way, are you a monotheist? Do you believe in one God or do you believe in many gods? I believe in one God. God. I believe He's in three parts, but He's one. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. God the Father said, I'm God, I don't change. I believe there's one God. But he's in three parts. And when, you, when John turned around and looked at one that was likened to the Son of God, guess what he, he said? It looks like Jesus, but there's something a little bit different. There's one that looks like the Son of God. He is glorified. He is eternal. He is God. He looks right in the face of God. One likened to the Son of God. Another little uh, interesting I'm sorry, one that looks like the Son of Man. A little interesting note here, the phrase Son of Man. 85 times in the New Testament, Jesus is described as the Son of Man. 83 times of the 85, Jesus describes himself as the Son of Man. And so when we turn around like John did and see what John saw, when we think in our mind, one that looks like the Son of Man, folks, I want you to know something. You're looking at Jesus God. He turned around and he saw Jesus. Let me tell you what you just saw. You just saw the revelation of Jesus. You just saw the apocalypse of Jesus. There he stands in all of his glory. And John will begin to describe him. Our second point Tonight is Jesus. Our first point was John. Our second point is Jesus. And the Bible continues in our text, verse number 13. In the midst of seven candlesticks. Oh, i got to back up. Candlesticks. What are candlesticks? Candlesticks are churches. How do you know? Let me tell you something fun about the book of Revelation. You know, most people read candlesticks. They let their eyeballs go crossed and then they quit reading. I'm going to tell you something. Most of the time in the book of Revelation, if you'll just read a little bit further, God in his word will actually give you some clarity to what you just read. So look what the Bible says. The first thing he turned around, he saw he saw seven candlesticks. That's weird. Then he saw one likened to the Son of Man. That's God. What are the seven candlesticks? And the Bible tells, look at verse number 20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars, the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. The candlesticks are the churches. Why in the world would you use a candlestick to describe a church? Because I'll tell you, a church is a light lifted up, the light of the gospel. And there's a great need for the church at this current moment in the history of man. There's been a great need, and God wants to use our shining light. I'll just tell you something. The Chihuahua Baptist Church is a light on a candlestick. And we need to be shining our light bright for the Lord Jesus. The candlesticks of the churches, the Son of Man is Jesus. And the Bible describes him in verse 13. In the midst of seven candlesticks, one likened the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot. You see him, a garment down to his foot. It speaks of his regal royalty. Gird about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. I'll tell you something fascinating, and I'm I'm going to intentionally uh, not spend a lot of time trying to describe these. You know, every commentary that I read and everywhere I look, they give they ascribe different reasons for his hair head being uh, his head and hair being white white as snow, his eyes like a flame of fire, and you can make this sound and look like just about anything. The bottom line is he is describing to us Jesus, and you can find out from the Bible. You can take your New Testament Bible, and you can look through the New Testament and read through the New Testament, and you can find all kinds of awesome attributes to Jesus. When I turn around and look at Jesus like John's describing to me, I want you to know something. I'm looking at the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Creator God, who is going to redeem us rescue us and I can see this and he's got hair white as snow he's got eyes like fire he's got, a, he's got a robe that fills up the room and there are so many things you could do and talk and see and look but to say that, that is absolutely the only thing that can mean I can't do it but I can tell you this we're looking at Jesus who is God we're looking at God and God is showing himself in all of his glory and God is going to rescue and redeem his people and the man John is is looking in the face of his Savior. He's like, my lands. that looks just like it is Jesus. It's God. And hallelujah, we've got reason to rejoice. He keeps describing. And look at the Bible says in verse number 15, his feet likened to fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. His voice as the sound of many waters. He's all powerful. His voice is the sound of many waters. You hear the roar. Every, uh, it's kind of fun. Every commentator I turned over, everybody thought the same thing. When they thought about this vo- this, uh, his voice as of many waters, he thought about Niagara Falls. I've not been there, but I've heard so many people describe the roar of the water. And uh, his voice as of many waters. Verse 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Now, look at those seven stars. Verse 16. He had in his right hand seven stars. Why, with a stop and let's look at that for just a minute. So you've got One as unto the Son of Man, standing among seven golden candlesticks, and in his hand seven stars. The Bible says in verse 20 that the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Now, that's interesting to think about, but you've got to dig a little bit deeper to begin to understand the the word angels. Angels are messengers, and Everywhere you look and and all the study that I, I come up with, they point to the fact that the seven stars that are in his hand are actually the pastors, the messengers of the church and those seven churches. And so we've got a picture of Jesus standing in the midst of the churches, the seven golden candlesticks, lifting up the seven preachers, the pastors, the messengers of those churches. And he's standing there and he's going to give a message and he's there and he's faithful and he's going to encourage John and I'll tell you something it's kind of fun to look at it you can turn around I, I'm, I'm, I have, I'm visual I'm turned around in my own mind and I'm seeing what John saw I see Jesus in all of his glory I see surrounding Jesus the church and their light shining, the candlesticks of the church, and I see in Jesus' hand, I see seven stars, I see the preachers, and I see something that God wants His people to know. He wants His people to know that the hope that we have is the church. The hope that we have is the preaching of the Word of God. The hope that we have is the message of Jesus Christ, and God is giving John a picture. John, I'm not, this isn't going to happen just yet. I'm coming again, and every eye will see me, but until the- in. I want you to know something. The church has got a work to do, and I'm standing right in the midst of them, and I'm holding the preachers up, and I'm sh- warning the churches to shine a light. As we go into chapter 2, the Lord's going to deal with some very specific things about the churches that the churches need to do. Some things they need to work on. Some things they're doing right. And God is going to use the next chapter to help our church understand that God has a purpose. I'm going to hold your preacher up. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to use you as a bright light to a desperate world to shine that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Seven stars in God's hand... Are the preachers. The candlesticks are the churches. And John's getting a message from heaven that says, Hey, listen, buddy, the last 60 years have been rough, but there's hope, there's hope, there's hope. And it's through me and the church and the preachers. God's gonna bless. It's sweet. The Bible says in verse number 16. He had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth when a sharp two-edged sword. When he mentions the seven stars, what's the very next thing that comes to mind? The word of God out of Jesus' mouth is a two-edged sword. The Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. What's the hope? The churches, the preachers, the word, God's word and his countenance. As the sun shineth in his strength. He's, so, he's as bright as the sun. Verse 17, and when I saw him, look how John responds. He says, this is, I saw all this. I'm trying to process all this. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Look what Jesus does. He says, I saw him. I fell at his feet as dead. How many of you ever thought about the magnitude of, the person of Jesus, the gospel, eternity, the work of God, the desperate need of Jesus and the work of God in your family and in this world and our community. And you think, oh, this is so big and so magnificent. And I don't know. And you just fall at his feet as dead. He said, I fell at his feet as dead. And the Bible says, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, fear not. I am the first I am the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Jesus puts his hand on John. He says, it's a lot to take in. But the hope for this world is in the churches, in the preachers, in Jesus, the mighty power of God, the word of God. And John puts his hand, God puts his hand on John and says, John, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm the first. Remember, I told you I was Alpha and Omega. I was here before anything ever started. I'll be here when it's all over. I'm Alpha and Omega. Everything that is consists of me. I'm Alpha and Omega, the the first, the last. I am he that liveth. And was dead. You're worried if you're worried about dying. He puts his hand. If you're worried about dying, John, look. I defeated death. He says, "Behold, I'm alive forevermore." Amen. I have the keys of hell and death. He says, "It's going to be okay." When we begin to study and look in the Book of Revelation, I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged that God's got His hand on us. And God has a purpose for us as a church and the preachers and through the word and the power of Jesus. I'm encouraged by that. And I hear God speak to me, fear thou not. You obey me. It's going to be okay. You obey me. It's going to be okay. Number one, John. Number two, Jesus. Number three, John gets an assignment. Verse number 19 of chapter number 1 is probably the key verse of the entire book. How many of you like outlines? How many of you really like outlines? I, I like outlines. It gives me something to uh, outlines like a skeleton to hang the clothes on. So I can I begin with an outline. I begin with a skeleton, so I can begin to see everything come together. The outline of the book of Revelation is found in first in the first chapter in the nineteenth verse. I'll show it to you. The Bible says in verse nineteen. Write the things which thou hast seen. The first point, the first part of the book of Revelation is the things which thou hast seen. That would represent chapter number one. The things which thou hast seen. When you read chapter number one, you can just put it, how many of you like to read the Bible and want to know how it fits? Well, I want you to read the book of Revelation this week. It won't be that hard. But you read the book of Revelation with this outline in mind. Chapter number one, The things which thou hast seen. Chapter number 1, we've already read it, we've studied it, we've looked at it. And it's right now, it's happening right now in John's life. At this very moment in John's life, this is happening. He's literally on the Lord's day seeing all this glory. The things which thou hast seen, point number 1. Point number 2, verse number 19. The things which are... The things which are. And what he's going to deal with in the things which are, we find from chapters 2 and 3. Chapters 2 and 3. The things that are. When we get to the things that are, chapters 2 and 3, he's going to deal with the churches. He's going to deal with Christians and the body of believers and the work of the church before the rapture takes place. In chapters 2 and 3, you read chapters 2 and 3, I'll just tell you, they're going to apply very, very specifically to the very moment in which we live. The things which thou hast seen, number one. The things which are, number two, which covers chapters two and three. Then, number three, and the things which shall be hereafter. The things which shall be hereafter. When you read the book of Revelation, beginning in chapter number four, chapter four all the way to chapter 22 and verse number 21, are dealing with things that happen after the rapture of the church. And as you read that, if you're a child of God, you can know something for sure. You're not going to be there. You are not appointed unto wrath. Hallelujah. But God wants to show you, and God wants to reveal to the church and to John, as he puts his hand on John and says, Now listen, I want you to write what I tell you. I want you to write it in a book. I want you to send it to the churches. I want, to, I want you to write it. Don't you be afraid. Don't fear. After chapter number 3, beginning in chapter number 4, from chapter 4 to the end of the book, are the things which shall be hereafter. It's my conviction that I won't be anywhere near it. I'll actually be with the Lord. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. The voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. and we which are alive and remain shall be called together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. As you read the book of Revelation, the judgment of God, the wrath of God falling on the rebellious wickedness of sinful men. It's very plain. It'll help you. The seven candlesticks and one like unto the Son of Man. It looks like, John said, it looks like Jesus. It looks like Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and says, I am the Alpha and the Beggar, the beginning and the end. I am who I said I am. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm gonna use me, Jesus, the churches, the preachers. We've got a work to do. Don't be afraid. Let's pray, Lord.